welcome to episode 34 of the Jazz Matters podcast. And I am truly delighted to be featuring the one and only Curtis Steigers. We've got so much to get through in this episode, so I won't hang around. But just a quick reminder that our previous episode featured the wonderful award-winning vocalist Zoe Gilby. And if you haven't heard it yet, you haven't missed out. You can still find it on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts and Spotify, and on the website jazzmatters.net. And don't forget, you can keep up to date with everything we're doing by following us across social media. Just search Jazz Matters on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram and look for the blue logo. But this episode is all about Mr. Curtis Steigers and we're going to dive straight into his story right after the title track from his new album, which is called Gentleman. When you're good There's a way That you look When you're bad Save your face Pay the rent Learn to take A compliment With grace Hit the street Grow the land When you meet the devil, shake his hand Be a man, a gentleman Be a man There's a time in this life to be kind There's a time in this life to be cruel Shine your shoes, trousers pressed Do your worst, look your best Be cool Mind your manners, take a stand That's the way it's been since time began Gentleman, be a man. A gentleman is gonna be there in the morning. And a gentleman will wipe away the tears. show to the world 
plan Make it happen any way you can Be a man A gentleman Be a man A gentleman Be a man Curtis Steigers is one of the biggest and most established names on the international jazz circuit, regularly selling out the most famous venues across the world and playing major international festivals. He is without a doubt one of the most recognised jazz artists around. But not only did his career not start in jazz, but he also benefited from a broad introduction to music. His earliest music memories involved a lot of travelling in the car with his mother, where they would listen to the radio for hour upon hour. Curtis and his mother would sing along to a wide range of music, and his love for music started. They also listened to music at home, and his mother had a particular soft spot for rock and roll, blasting out records from the likes of The Rolling Stones, Creedence Clearwater Revival and Chuck Berry. But this was also mixed with music from the likes of Neil Diamond and John Denver, and then it came time for Curtis to start buying music for himself. And things got serious. So I, I got into music early because of the radio, and then I bought my first album, which happened to be Goodbye Yellow Brook Road by Elton John, and, and it was all over. I just, I fell in love with the whole idea of, of music, of, of playing an instrument, of being in a band, uh, because Elton, you know, put photos of his band on, in his albums. Uh, you know, he, he had a real band that he considered part of what he did, and uh, uh, that intrigued me as, as a little boy, and uh, st- started to read uh, liner notes and records and, and see who was playing on it. Who and who had written the songs? It was it was fascinating to me. You know, what what who what was this label? What was uh, you know Mercury Records or or Columbia Records? What was that all about? I had no idea because I was so young. But it was it was intriguing. So that's how I that's how I really got into into music. Uh, then I, I, I started playing the clarinet in school and eventually the saxophone. And so I was drawn to jazz music uh, as well as pop and punk rock and new wave and soul and I, mean, I, I, I just loved music I've always just dug music I love great songs and it it never occurred to me that I should just listen to one kind of music because you know there was there was all the, of the great music out there to to you know is at my fingertips why not why not embrace it all so it's very little music that I uh, just sort of uh, think oh I mean I just don't like bad music. Growing 
growing up surrounded by and developing a love for such a wide range of music, it is not particularly surprising that Curtis has stated that he previously made a conscious decision not to be confined musically. I think it's safe to say that today most would consider him a jazz man. But that certainly wasn't the case in 1991, when he released his self-titled multi-platinum-selling debut album and his first international hit single, I Wonder Why, which peaked at number five in the UK pop charts and number nine at home in the US. Curtis had that soulful, soft rock sound that was hugely popular throughout the 1980s and 1990s, particularly if it could include a killer saxophone solo. But where would Curtis place himself at this stage of his career? Does he now consider himself to be a jazz man? I do consider myself a jazz singer, um, a jazz artist, but I'm also a pop singer and I'm also a soul singer. Uh, I'm also a a pretty good country singer and... uh, 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 rock singer and blues singer. The, these are these are all parts, uh, all things that go into what I do as a as a singer and as a musician. Um, I'm more of a rhythm and blues saxophone player than anything. I'm less less a. Uh, a I'm not really a jazz saxophonist. Uh, my heroes are are uh, Hank Mobley and Sonny Rollins and uh, David Sanborn, and I can't touch them. So, <laughs> but. Uh, um, yeah, I, I'm a jazz, I'm a jazz musician, but uh, um, I found a way to put my favorite pop music and rock music and blues music and soul music into my jazz records, uh, and that that is particularly uh, happens because of the song uh, writers that I choose. You know, on this new album, uh, there's a there's a Nick Lowe song. Nick Lowe, you know, produced uh, the first the earliest punk rock record, official punk rock record. Uh, you know, he, he produced The Damned and he produced Elvis Costello's early records. Um, and here I am doing uh, jazz versions of his songs. It's, it's, that's what I like. I like to take, like take, to take things from uh, uh, different places and put them together and see what happens. Throughout his career, Curtis has been involved in some incredible projects, not least having his track What's So Funny About Peace, Love and Understanding featured in the soundtrack for the 1992 Hollywood blockbuster movie The Bodyguard. The soundtrack to the movie went on to become the biggest selling soundtrack of all time and sold over 45 million copies worldwide. In addition to this, he has worked with absolute legends of music, including Elton John, Eric Clapton, Bonnie Raitt, Joe Cocker and Prince, and has played some of the biggest stages in the world and sold out some of the most prestigious venues. So just how does someone with a resume like that pick out his highlights? Well, it turns out sometimes those small precious moments can be just as special as those which are big and spectacular. Well, as far as standout live performing moments, I mean, I have a lot of, I've been very lucky over the years. I mean, 
An early one, a big standout, obviously, would be three nights playing at Wembley Stadium, supporting Elton John and Eric Clapton, along with Bonnie Raitt, all three of whom are idols and heroes of mine, and were, and were, you know, such big influences on me, um, each of them. So that was that was pretty amazing. But I mean, over the years, I've had some really lucky things happen that were, you know, maybe a little smaller. I mean, uh, I, uh, I've, uh, I've performed with uh, my heroes. I performed at the Bill Clinton inaugural with uh, another 10 or 11 saxophonists, all of whom were legends, including Jerry Mulligan and Michael Brecker and David Sanborn, Grover Washington Jr. That was amazing. Uh, and then there are the the, the more uh, intimate moments, like uh, the first time I ever sang for my jazz singing hero, Mark Murphy. Uh, I sang after a show of his. I sat in with my little band when I was about 19 and sang in front of uh, an idol of mine. Uh, and I'll never forget that night. So with a professional recording career spanning around 30 years, Curtis has performed and collaborated with so many people. But which of those collaborations have been really special to him? And which artists would he still most love to have an opportunity to work with? Well, I've, I've gotten to play music with a lot of amazing people. I mean... Uh... Going back to uh, you know the time that I spent uh, going to jam sessions uh, that were run by Gene Harris, uh, you know, playing with one of the greatest jazz pianists in the world as a as a teenager, as a person in their young 20s, that was a huge thing for me. Um, I eventually got to sing on a couple of Gene Harris's records later on after my pop success. I, I, appeared on a couple of Gene Harris records, uh, one called In His Hands, which was sort of gospel-focused, uh, and another one that was a, a double-billed record with uh, brother Jack McDuff, Gene Harris and Jack McDuff. Uh, that's called Down Home Blues, and I sang a couple of songs on each. Um, you know, I've duetted with Al Green and Sean Colvin, and, uh, uh, the great uh, young jazz singer Cyril Ami. She's a, a French singer that uh, sang uh, a duet on my record. Loved working with her. Uh, I spend a lot of time um, collaborating with songwriters. Uh, David Poe is someone that uh, wrote several of the songs on the new record with me and on his own. Uh, and he's a, a, a dear friend and a, and a great writer, really. And very influenced uh, by my writing with him. I even got to write a song with Carol King years ago. I've, I've, I've had a fun career when I think back. You know, I've, there are a lot of uh, a lot of people uh, have have shown me the kindness of, of playing music with me. Uh, people I want to work with in the future. One person I really, really want to sing with is Van Morrison, and um, I hope to do a duet with Van Morrison someday. I'm a, I'm a huge huge fan of, of Van. I also really, uh, I really, uh, um, I love Diana Krall. I love the way she sings jazz. I love the way she swings when she sings. I think it'd be fun to sing with her. Between a busy touring and recording schedule, Curtis also does a lot of fundraising work for charity. In his hometown of Boise, Idaho, 
Curtis has spent well over a decade helping to raise phenomenal amounts of money for the Interfaith Sanctuary Homeless Shelter, which is run by his now wife, Jodie Peterson Steigers. The thing I like about Interfaith Sanctuary Homeless Shelter is that it's a it's a multi it's 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 a it's supported by a, a multi faith uh, group, a bunch of different religions: uh, Jewish, Muslim, Mormon, Baptist, Catholic, you name it. Uh, and there is no there is no need to be any religion at all or religious at all. Um, anyone can can stay at Interfaith Sanctuary if they need uh, help. Uh, it's it's entirely inclusive, and I like that. So, again, about 13 years ago, I started uh, doing a, a fundraising concert, which turned into three nights of concerts uh, every December. It's called uh, the Extreme Holiday Extravaganza, and I produce it and co-host it with my now wife, uh, who runs the shelter. She's the executive director, Jody, and uh, uh, Jody and I have raised uh, coming close to a couple million dollars for for the shelter over the last decade and almost a half. It feels good to do that. It feels it feels really good to uh, be able to use what bit of uh, uh, notoriety I have here in my hometown as a you know a local boy made good to. Uh, give back to, to take care of people who need to be taken care of. On May the 1st, 2020, Curtis released his brand new album, Gentleman. As with most of his releases, it's a mixture of originals and reworked covers. But the finished article actually turned out to be significantly different to the original concept. So what can Curtis tell us about Gentleman? Originally, we set out, Larry Goldings and I, Larry Goldings being my co-producer and, and the keyboardist, pianist, and organist on the record, and, and co-writer on several songs. Um, Larry and I set out to make a duo record, actually, just piano-vocal. Uh, we'd done a bit of that over the years on different records of mine, but just one song, two songs at a time. Um, we, we set out to do a full album of it. Of course, once we came out of the studio with five or six songs recorded, half of them made us think, ooh, we could add bass here and, and put some drums on that and then maybe a trumpet solo there. So the duo record flew out the window. Stylistically, the record, it's in a different, a few different places. There's jazz on this record for sure. It's it's very much uh, a jazz record, but there are elements of all the things that I love, pop music and soul music and folk music and country music. And there are a lot of different songwriters coming from different places. Uh, John Fulbright is a wonderful uh, singer-songwriter uh, that some people would probably call sort of country-leaning. Um, he wrote uh, a song on the record, uh, a song that I recorded for the record called She Knows. Beautiful, beautiful love song. Um, I think it fits in with this perfectly. There are uh, a couple of songs uh, that I'm really fond of that I wrote on this record. Uh, a Lifetime Together is one that really points to my new 
marriage. I'm, I'm, I'm in love and, and have finally uh, gotten married to my sweetheart of the last uh, seven or eight years. And uh, it's uh, that song, as simple as it is, really tells our story very well. You know, it's a lifetime together, the hard times, the high times, the laughter and tears. There's a lot of the laughter, there's a lot of tears in a relationship. And uh, so, uh, anyway, that's, that's a song that I dig. The, 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 the title track, Gentlemen, is the first song that we wrote for it. It's been a couple of years now that, uh, ago that I wrote that song. I take, I take my time writing songs. Uh, and uh, David Poe and I set out with that song to just sort of examine what it is the complicated business of being a man, a good man, uh, a decent man, a gentleman in, in this day and age. Uh, and uh, when we were writing it, the hashtag Me Too thing was blowing up. And uh, at the same time, uh, my daughter was getting ready to go off to college as well. So there was this, uh, um, I was really thinking about what it is to be a man and how you do it right and how you can do it wrong. And also, you know, with, with the president in the White House right now, it was, it, was, um, it was pretty easy to see how not to be a gentleman. He, he, uh, he gives a pretty good example of that. Normally, at the end of every interview with every artist, we would explore what plans they have in store over the coming year or so. However, right now, one thing that we almost all have in common in almost every corner of the world is that most of our plans have gone out the window. And as members of the original gig economy, musicians have been hit as hard as anybody. So what does Curtis think the next 12 months will look like now? I don't know. The future, I usually have a pretty good idea of what I'm doing in the future. It usually has a lot to do with being on an airplane going somewhere to sing. I spend, um, you know, a good portion of the year on the road, probably a quarter of the year on the road uh, playing music uh, and going back and forth uh, between here and and. Uh, the UK and Europe and Asia and uh, anywhere they'll pay me. Uh, right now, that's not happening, and it's it's hard to see when that will be a, a thing again. It's uh, you know we just this keeps going on this pandemic, and we have to do it right. We have to uh, we have to be safe. Uh, so who knows? Um, it's uh, the belt will need to be tightened for sure. Um, I am spending a lot of time writing, uh, which is nice. I'm spending a lot of time in a in a rather creative mode, uh, and uh, I've got a place to uh, record music, and I've got a place to make little films, uh, videos of myself playing music and posting it online, and. Uh, uh, I might have to figure out a way to make a living doing that. I don't know. I don't know what that is. But uh, it's uh, these are new days for all of us, of course. And uh, it's just most important to keep people safe and healthy. I'm very proud of of the new album of Gentlemen. You know, it it uh, it's turned out to be one of my favorite records that I've made, and and it's uh, it seems to be uh, touching people's hearts, and that 
makes me happy. I just can't wait to get out of the house and go play these songs for people again. Uh, so, everybody, stay home, stay safe, take care of your family, and uh, we'll see you soon. Lifetime together. The hard times, the hard times, the laughter and tears. A lifetime together, my dear. The breakups and the breakdowns. Makeups, the kisses and dreams that come true. A lifetime together, we two. A lifetime together, for always and ever. A lifetime. Together with you, a lifetime together, the always and the ever, just a lifetime. Together with you. And that was one of the tracks previously mentioned by Curtis, A Lifetime Together, from his brand new album, Gentleman. And that brings us on to the home straight of the Curtis Steigers episode of the Jazz Matters podcast. My sincere thanks go to Curtis for giving up his time to take part in this episode. And if you want more information on Curtis, his music and his career, you can find his website at curtissteigers.com. And of course, you can also find him across social media. And I would personally recommend his Twitter account at Curtis Steigers. As for my money, he's one of the most amusing people I follow. Of course, the relevant links will all be in the podcast show notes for you if you're listening on a podcast platform, including the link to the website of the Interfaith Sanctuary, so you can find out more about them and how to offer your support if you wish. I'll be back in a couple of weeks' time when I'll be stateside again with another fabulous artist, pianist, singer and songwriter, Jen Kearney. So I hope you can join me for that and you can subscribe to the podcast or the Jazz Matters mailing list to be the first to hear it. So until then, it's goodbye from me.